Well, hello, guys. Uh, today's sermon title is The Seduction of Sin. Um, so kind of intense already, right? Um, for you Enneagram types, I'm an eight, so uh, also intense. So risky combo. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a little personal story. Um, many years ago when uh, I was a much younger man, I, uh, I was a college athlete, and I decided I was going to take a couple years off, do the religious redshirt thing, and uh, go work for a church. And so I went and worked for a mega church, and a very big name pastor, um, type who's on, you know, Fox News, CNN all the time, talks to the president, that sort of thing. Um, so after my first year, I uh, got an exciting opportunity. I was going to be his personal assistant on this overseas trip. Sounds cool, right? Um, so as a personal assistant, you're, uh, you know, kind of down here. Um, so just kind of following around, carrying his bags, doing whatever little bidding he needs. But uh, it's interesting, this role, because you're so focused on the other person that you, you notice where his eyes go you notice what he's paying attention to because you're just following behind him, watching his head turn. Um, and his eyes went to some interesting things and uh, kind of threw me off guard. Um, and I didn't know what to do with that. Uh, fast forward a couple days later, and uh, I go to meet him in his bedroom and um, in his hotel room, and I walked in on something I shouldn't have walked into. Um, kind of rough, kind of rough. Um, so we get back from the trip. There's a lot of explaining from him. Um, don't really hear any repentance or owning up. I went and tried to speak to the elders of this church and uh, was told to shut up. Um, I went and spoke to my friends who were pastors. Said, you know what, I don't want to hear it. Um, so it was a rough experience, rough start to ministry. Um, didn't know what to do with that. So I obviously quit. Um, years later, I'm watching television, and um, these private sins are now very public. It's all over international news. Um, this guy's shamed. His family's shamed. Um, many people are hurt. Many, many people are still hurting from, from this man and his secret sin. Um, I'm still hurting, honestly. Um, sin causes shame. Causes pain. Let's pray. Lord, be gentle with us. Be gentle with our hearts. Bring your light to those dark places in there. Bring your light to our shame. May the Holy Spirit guide my words, my intent, my heart. Lord, let me give a ray of hope, um, a way out, loving grace, mercy. In your name I pray. My question to you is, 
why would a man called by God, everything's going right, beautiful family, beautiful, thriving church, why? why? What is it about sin that so lures us to risk everything, to cast it all aside? Why? Can you bring up Proverbs 7, please? 21. With much sedu seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver. As a beard rushes, bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. That was that pastor. He was caught. He was stuck. And there wasn't a way out. People around him weren't giving sunshine. They didn't want to hear it. Um, he was lost in his shame. And it created a rift in his soul that made him a dichotomous person. There was one person up on the pulpit, and there was another person behind the scenes hiding. Um, as many of you have heard, there's a, sin is an archery term, right? It's, it's missing the mark. It's, I don't hit the bullseye. Um, the Old Testament law was the external standard, and that was already unattainable, and then Jesus came along, and he said, well, actually, it's more. It's, it's the intent of your heart. It's like, okay, I, I don't even have to do it now? Like, how, how is this possible, Jesus? And that, that was the whole point. Is he's wanting you to realize that it wasn't possible. It's not possible. But it is for him. And that's the ray of sunshine. That's the hope. Um, in Genesis 4, 7, um, we see the Bible's first, term, first use of sin. It says, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must conquer it. How? Um, we see an interesting example also in, in Genesis 3. Um, to the first response of the very first sin. Um, Adam and Eve, they eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And how do they respond? They go, they run, they hide, and they hide from God. <laughs> uh, omniscient God who can see everything. And they're trying to hide from him, which is funny. But, um, but the funny thing is we do the same thing now. I do the same thing. You know, I, I sin, I do something that makes me ashamed, and uh, I withdraw, I hide. I don't want to come to church. It's difficult to worship. Um, I avoid the people that will have hard conversations with me and expose my shame. Like, we all do it. That's, that's the sad thing is, like, that, that was the first response, and it's still the response. At least it's mine. Um... So what's, what's the solution? What's the solution to this innate response um, that the first of us did and we still do now? Um, bring up 18.3, Matthew 18.3. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 18.3, Truly I say to you, 
unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What did, uh, what did Jesus mean by this? Where, where, where was he taking us? Why, why be like children? Well, I have a thought. Um, and Paul, uh, as usual, has some extra commentary and clarification. Um, in Romans 8, Paul says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also, also be glorified with him. So this glorious thing that we all desire as Christians to be glorified with Christ, to be our best selves, to be the person that God envisioned with and he created us, but we've fallen so short of. The beginning of that process looks like screaming daddy. That's exactly what it looks like. Abba, father. Abba, daddy. It looks like me in my shame and desperation just crying daddy. That's exactly what it looks like, and that's the exact opposite response to shame, to hiding, is me acting like a child. Um, I became a father recently, um, and my boy Emmett has zero shame. Doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing. Um, he's not embarrassed by crying for mom. Uh, doesn't matter who's there. You know, could be the president, could be, you know, anybody important. Uh, no, not not ashamed. He screams, "Mommy!" because mommy's life. Mommy's, mommy's food, mommy's everything to him. Like he's, at this point, literally an extension of her. Without her, he doesn't live. That's what Jesus and then Paul are calling us to, is realizing that this sin thing that is death, it's only hope is crying daddy. It's shamelessly crying daddy and then letting him bring us life and hope and lighting a path out of the tunnel of shame. Hebrews 12, please. Again, powerful words. Um, Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, before the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising his shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Call out to him. Like that's, that's our only hope. It's the bottom line. I don't need to expound on it much more. Like Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is our only hope. And your moment of sin and shame well, Jesus in his moment of shame on the cross, he knew your moments. He knew all of those things. He knew all of those there. And what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they died for you. Just like we died to our own sins. 
and then we raised with him in glory. So short and sweet. Um, that's, that's my message to you guys. Jesus, Jesus is our only answer. He's our only way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's it. He's the truth. He's the way out. He's our only hope of life. Um, just like my son, cling desperately to him. It's your only hope. Bring up the next steps, please. So here's some, some questions and next steps for you guys. Um, in what areas of your life are you hiding from God? In your church community? Maybe your spouse? How, how are you hiding your shame? Are you willing to admit your helplessness in overcoming shame? I know it's difficult for me. It's really difficult for me. Um, I like being able to solve my own problems. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to have to call and scream out daddy all the time. But you know what? I need him. I can't do it on my own. Another question is, if so, how can you desire God more in your life? Because that's the path. That's the path to having him consistently with you here, consistently talking with him, consistently feeling his presence in every moment. Cry Abba Father to him. Cry Daddy. Is one dependent on him for your survival and hope? How can you engage with your shame, with sunlight, by confessing to your brothers and sisters in Christ? Um, one of the most powerful vehicles for change for me, especially in this past year, has been my community group. Like, I have brothers that call me out. I have brothers that I feel comfortable sharing with um, and being vulnerable with um, and opening up my heart to. That's, that's rare nowadays. It's rare to have people you trust enough to open this up um, because there's pain in there. We all have painful points. We all have things that we hide that hurt to talk about. Get involved in a community group. If not here, somewhere else. Find good Christian people you trust that you can up to, open up to. Yeah, scripture-based, Bible-based fellowship. Like That's it. That's what we're talking about. Find it. You need it. We can't do this alone. We were meant to do it as a community. Um, I'm going to pray, but before I do that, um, just be aware we're going to have a prayer team in the back. Um, speaking of people you can know and trust, these are amazing, trustworthy people that I know and I trust um, that are willing to pray with you. Um, so if, if this strikes you, go pray with them. Um, open up your heart today. Feel some freedom. Find some light. Um, all right. Just bow your heads. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your heart for us. Um, thank you for coming in full knowledge of our sin and dying on the cross for us, Lord. Thank you for being the way, Lord, for being the way out of our own personal sin and 
and destruction. Um, help us to engage our own shame and see those places that we maybe don't even recognize um, that we've hidden or tried to hide from you, Lord, and the people closest to us. Lord, thank you. Daddy, thank you. Thank you for calling us, Lord. Thank you for loving us. In your name we pray.